right. Click some things around here. Yes, Union of the Unwanted back March 20th, 2023. Ricky, take it away. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Union of the Unwanted fundraiser. Please donate as much as you can. I'm kidding. Um, we're, <laughs> we were at, we we're doing a, the T-Lab fundraiser earlier today. Steve... Uh, Charlie and stuff. So it was. I'm like, you guys are basically doing what we do. Uh, we should be asking for money, also. But um, yeah, give us money. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the union that wanted. Uh, we were supposed to not do this every other Monday, but we just continue to do it every other Monday. So I think for the time being, it's going to be every other Monday at uh, 7 p.m. Eastern time, live on Rockfin as always, and then of course it'll also be on our Odyssey channel eventually, and all, on all the audio platforms. Go to the union I don't know where the hell it brings you, but I think it does bring you to one of our channels or places that we're at. So uh, do that. Um, also check out our merch store, which I think you can find in the show description. I know we haven't said anything about that in a while. Um, and check that out. And uh, of course, another gathering of friends and um, everybody in a different place. And uh, and then we're going to talk about some stuff. And and uh, Mike just got back. He looks fresh and amazing. Like he's been doing some spiritual stuff. I don't know if you want to share some of that. It's probably not. I don't know. Um, Mike's, you know, he's not like me. I'm, I'm an open book. I'll talk about anything. But, I will. Uh, it's just not, you know, super interesting. You know, it's like, it's interesting. It's not just interesting. I think it's almost necessary, right? Like I think so many of us are in these deep, dark holes all the time that, um, you know, that sometimes it, it you need to unwind and, and do what you did and kind of hit reset. Yeah. You know? I just unplugged. You know, uh, working, you know, close to 70 hours a week doing podcasts and working full time and uh, cybersecurity, you know, it takes a toll. And then, you know, consuming news and being inundated with all that stuff. Uh, my wife and I went down to Puerto Rico to like a, a retreat that didn't have Wi-Fi, no TV. Uh, you could get a cell signal, but it wasn't like the most quality. So I wasn't really trying to. Uh, get news or keep in contact with anybody. And, you know, my wife has family down there, so we uh, hung out with them a little bit. But mostly I just took the time to be bored and stared at the beautiful mountains in Puerto Rico, which is like being bored right now, uh, it's a luxury for me and uh, because there's always something to do. And so to have that was awesome. Uh, it was uh, super enjoyable, great people down there, and just uh, amazing, amazing weather. Uh, difficult to get to, like the only the only um, parallel I could uh, kind of make for people. Uh, have you ever driven in the mountains of uh, Arizona, some of the more treacherous ones, or the mountains of uh, West Virginia, where there's no guardrails and very it's very narrow, and you feel like you could be thrown off a cliff at any point in time? That's that was what it was like to try to get to uh, this place in Puerto Rico. And uh, once you're there, you don't want to leave. Although we did. Um, and pretty much everyone at the retreat didn't talk to each other. Like everyone was there to kind of like unplug and not get involved with any electronic device. And so it was nice. It was just me and my wife hanging out, reading books and, and talking and occasionally listening to some music. And, you know, I did, you know, I, I, of course I traveled with Star Trek and next generation so I could stream that on my Kindle. I, I'm not going to, I'm not stupid. I did that, but, um, yeah, that was it for like uh, six days hanging out. And uh, I felt recharged, came back, ready to go. And uh, I kind of want to go back already. I'm, I want to get out of here. You familiar with the Bolivian Road of Death? You've seen that thing I, before? I haven't vacationed there, but it sounds lovely. <laughs> Not getting there, it isn't. <laughs> oh. 
<laughs> it is the scariest road in the world. It is like right carved into a mountain. And if you fall off and buses fall off all the time, you die. I've seen it. It wasn't that bad. I've seen uh, pictures of that. It wasn't that bad. It was uh, there just, you know, at some points in time, there are only, there's only room for one vehicle. And typically it's the bigger vehicle going the fastest that wins out who gets the priority. And, uh, when you're mean, you don't know the roads. You're, you're you know, you want to take it a little slow. Want to take it careful. You don't. No one wants to die on vacation. That looks bad. So, nope. Portugal's the same way. When I we would go back to Portugal, it, same thing. Like all the roads are like on mountains with no guardrails, and people are flying. And you see a car from a distance, and you're like, "There's no way we're both gonna fit on this road." And some way they make it work. And uh, I feel like a lot of like old country places where, uh, you know, country land and, and farmers and stuff, they still have a lot of those, uh, those roads. And it's amazing how good of drivers they are because, especially in Europe, because they're all driving standard. Everybody drives standard little four cylinder turbos and fiats and, and, you know, little cars and, um, they're just hauling ass around these roads. So, but it, it's, I think there's, there's something that, uh, it, it's something that's necessary, like the whole just hitting re reset and giving yourself time to reflect on some of the stuff that you've kind of been doing and some of the, the news you've been consuming. I don't know what it's like with you guys. I mean, I think all of us try to be as informed as possible all the time. And I think the downfall of that is that sometimes it's information overload. Like you don't even have time to really process it and reflect on it and think about it. So it's like, how do I even establish a opinion on what's going on when I'm just constantly consuming information and I never, you know, take the time to have some leisure time and, and think about things, you know, uh, there's like, business owners and, and and people who own businesses who talk about like the the power of leisure time the importance of leisure time for your employees you know it's like some some business owners think like oh your employees should never have downtime and other ones understand that there's a a reason and and a purpose for downtime because you that's when your best ideas come to you you know when you're in the shower when you're going for a walk like that's when a lot of times like you you like i said you have time to reflect and kind of ponder on things and then Erika, you come up with something. I w I'd like to add to that because I, hello, by the way, everyone, I am, I am in Costa Rica. So I showed some of you to show the audience. I am deep in, in the mountains and this happened very fast. And uh, here in Costa Rica, the jungle eats up the cars. And so I had very little time because I got ousted out of my house so they could turn it into an Airbnb in St. Augustine. And so I reached out to my old landlady. But then after the fact, I found out that I need a car because it's an only four by four. Uh, so I just didn't budget for like, oh, now I have to buy a car. The cars here are double, uh, not to mention the petrol, but you can like just fling a dime and hit a mechanic. Everybody has a mechanic. And if they see a gringo, it's like, oh, American money. They, they don't care about your story. If you're like, I'm a, I'm a journalist barely making ends meet. They don't give a crap. So, but I've also been saying that I need my own little great reset to kind of get the gunk off. And also, I think that all of us who navigate this dark, matter these dark arts that it has an impact on our fight or flight it certainly has had an impact even just all the censoring on my nervous system so it, it's about in my case i don't know about you mike i i feel effing guilty to take any downtime 
because yeah, I, I want to be on the on the forefront of what's going on. Yeah, I did. I'm sorry, guys. What 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 is downtime? What what is this thing you're talking about? I don't. I, I, it was elusive <laughs> to me too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, I can I can totally relate to what you're saying. Um, I I, I just moved out here. Uh, are, are we live? Jay Hanahan, how to kill a sacred cow? Um, yeah, I uh, I just moved out to the country, uh, Royalston, Massachusetts. It's up uh, northwestern most part of central Massachusetts, and um, we moved out on a farm, so we're gonna homestead and all that stuff. Uh, it's an old alpaca farm, actually. And this dude, uh, the dude that built the house, he's a custom home builder, and he was going to live here for the rest of his life, but I guess he uh, he had a divorce. So we're living in his dream house, which is dope. Um, but we, uh, so it's been a whole fucking thing, dude. I'm from the city. I don't know shit about nothing. Like, I barely know how to fucking change my tires. Actually, no, fuck that. I know how to change my tires. But um, I, I, we've been running into all kinds of stuff. I don't know, Ricky, I don't know how the snow's been down there, but we just got 30 inches dropped on us, and... Um, and uh, if we want to go down the chemtrails route, dog, I've never seen fucking snow like this. And I've been here my whole life. You feel me? Um, this snow is the heaviest shit. So we had a bunch of trees go down. I had a dozen trees go down just on my property, let alone in the fucking city, which there's no property tax. There's basically no property tax. So there's no municipal services. You know what I mean? We have to get state services. So a tree went down on our power line. I'm at work, got four women at home. None of them know how to work a goddamn generator. You know what I'm saying? And it turns out, you know, anyway, crazy shit. You move out to the country, you, you, you learn a lot of shit. But, like, dude, I've never been so at peace, except for when I'm in the house with the four women. But I am, I've never been more at peace. Like, I get out of my car. So, that, that moment between when I get out of my car and before I get in the house, I hang back a little bit and I take a couple of deep breaths. Dude, it's fucking unbelievable out here. And, um, I'm, I'm definitely going to need to get, like, not a car. I'm going to need not a car. You're going to need a chainsaw, like, too. Uh, you definitely got to get oh, a chainsaw. Oh, I got a, I got a chainsaw. I learned that real quick. Yeah, I got a chainsaw. Uh-huh. Did I mean, that. I'm, I'm like you. I'm, I'm like a, mostly a city boy most of my uh, adult life. And my wife and I moved out to uh, the, the country in Ohio. And I don't know much, but uh, you got to learn on the fly. And you realize that it takes a lot of time and effort to manage your homestead. Uh, yeah, it is nicer out here, but... I feel like there is something going on on our homestead, whether it's the goats, the chickens, the gardens, or dealing with water or clearing a path for us to leave our property. It is a, a constant battle with time and time management and then figuring out when am I going to relax with my loved one so we can kind of maintain our lovely relationship but uh yeah the, the country's nice but it requires just as much work if not more work than living in the city well you can't you I can't do both so. at the same time really either you can't the then you have no time none right. whatsoever and it does damage those relationships that you were just talking about if you're homesteading that's your life that's your job. Your job is I have this property and my job is to maintain this property and make it successful for me. And uh, yeah, hopefully uh, if you're doing something on it, that's sustaining your existence, then hopefully the, you know, there's, there's some you know, fruits to your labor. Uh, but yeah, that's it. That's your gig. That's what you get. Yeah. I already killed all my worms. They're all <laughs> <gasps> did, like you repent? did you like, repent jay so yeah 
Yeah, I was pretty sad because we were having a good time. I was playing the music. I was getting. My, I was. I was trying to set up a breeding bed, and so I was playing. You know, some like fucking Ed Sheeran. I was setting the mood. I got the lights real dim, uh, and uh, I think I fucked up the pH balance. Mm. <laughs> yeah, well, maybe are it was you, Ed Sheeran. You know, <laughs> you never know. You're not in the Berkshires, are Don't you? you? Say that about Ed Sheeran. <laughs> no, no, we're um, we're right there on the um northwesternmost part of Worcester County. So we're right before okay. Western Mass, right there on the on the border with uh, Fitzwilliam. Yeah, yeah. Uh, thirty minutes from Keene. Yeah, 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 yeah. What? Yeah. Well, yeah do you, I'm do you fucking dope out here? Do you feel a difference, Jay? Are you away from five G poles? Because my sleep, I'm like oh, really yeah. deep in the mountains, like. There's no 5G. There's no interference. I feel safe. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Good luck getting a cell phone signal out here. Good luck getting internet. This is the first show I've done back. I've been here two months. This was like I've been running lines. I've been doing the craziest shit. Like I've been stretching routers and routers to house and, and like trying to dig through walls and fucking like the like the, yeah. So no no 5G posts. We're up at about a thousand feet elevation, which is eh, you know it's not the highest point in Massachusetts, but it's pretty high. Um, and it's it's I I I wish I could say you know I, I mean I'm not a good sleeper you know so I haven't noticed a difference in my sleep, but you know, spent a lot of time with the worms though. I want to. I say would try like Sam and Dave. I would try old maybe a little bit older Motown. You know, maybe hitting them with the the Ed Sheeran was a little bit too much. You know, to back it up a little bit. Go for the classics. You can't go wrong with the classics. Yeah, you really can't. <laughs> no, I feel you. I mean, I'm down. I'm. I'll do that. You know, I'm not saying no, but also like, have you ever heard? Um, have you ever heard Dive? You know, like, don't call me baby unless you mean it. It's so fucking dope, man. It's I. I mean, I. It was the worms, man. It's anyway, a generational thing, I think. Yeah, no, I mean, I love all the old stuff. I'm a musician. I I absolutely love Motown. It's one of my favorite shits. I actually had um, I had this dude on my show. Uh, his name oh, I don't know why I'm blanking on his name. Uh, ben, God damn it, he's the lead singer of Ezra Bell. Dude is fucking incredible. But that's where and I had never even heard it before. He was I asked him where he got all his influences from, and he was like, Yeah, you know, it's all the old Motown stuff. And I was like, You know, I, now that I'm I'm thinking of that, I'm hearing that. Uh, Benjamin Womit. Now, what's dope about Ezra Bell is I had been listening to these guys for a year, and then like they got this awesome. It's, they're all over the place with their genres, and and I, I was sitting there one day, and he said he said something like like having dreams of building seven, and I'm like. The fuck's this dude talking about? Is he talking about like Building Seven, Building Seven? And then I actually start. I'd been listening for a year and I never listened to his words. Um, the last thing I usually listen to, which is strange for a, a, a vocalist, uh, but he uh, uh, he's a total fucking conspiracy theorist. And I like I was I was just like shot in the dark. You know what I mean? Like these the, these guys are are you know as far as you know Spotify music goes, these guys are fucking you know Michael Jackson to me. And um, like it to, i just reached out and he fucking he got back to me and i was like this is insane and guess what like you know how you meet people you're like damn like you know i i interviewed tommy chong i'm like i can't believe how nice tommy was you know like i can't believe how nice ricky is char you know all these people so nice this guy was a fucking asshole but i love it you know what i mean like i'm i'm totally down with that um but if you guys have never heard ezra bell definitely check that out what genre of music it's it's tough to pin down, you know what I mean? They're all over the place. There there's like jazz influence, there's like some 
you know, like New Orleans big band type stuff, but it's kind of country folk sometimes. Um, it's whatever they fucking wake up wanting to make that day. Uh, but their more recent albums have been a little bit more uh, eclectic and uh, more leaning towards jazz. Um, but this guy is an absolute poet. Like his, it, it is unbelievable. This guy, and you know, it's not all of his stuff isn't conspiracy. Most of it is interpersonal stuff. You know, relationships and and um, and, and stuff like that. But uh, this is I I was totally just floored. You know what I mean? He's got this. They got this one song that's uh, it's called. Uh, I can never think of this shit while I'm speaking. Uh, it's this song basically where it's saying like, you guys are out there protesting Donald Trump, but w what about this system that gives us all this junk? You know what I mean? It's like these motherfuckers are taking all of your energy, which is I, I mean I I totally feel that. You know, you guys when I popped in, you were talking about trying to step away from you know the clutter, and it, I mean. The, the space has never been more cluttered than now. We have never, never motherfucking seen psyops like this before. I mean, Brad, uh, 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 Bill Cooper, like, not only did he call it, this dude would just be like, take it, it, his whole life would be victory laps right now. You know what I mean? He'd be like, I told you motherfuckers, like, blue beams coming, you know, like the whole shebang. And um, it's, it, it, it's, 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 tough to you know actually separate yourself from me you know you feel me well it's like sorry, I, I, we, I just heard uh alex jones on tim dillon it was a great interview of course as you would guess with tim dillon and alex jones together uh but it, it you know it's funny because tim dillon is like he's saying something that it's so true he just he's like defending alex jones and he's like all the things you've said he's like most of it has been right and like a lot of the stuff that he's been saying he's been repeating for years and years and years and he's been repeating the same things the only difference is as time goes by it sounds less and less crazy you know so it's like oh he hasn't changed what he said he just sounds less crazy and it's more believable now so um yeah, yeah, it, it's uh, without a doubt. I think many of us are are kind of taking victory laps. It's it's hard not to like kind of rub it in somebody's face because people were such assholes during COVID. You know, like people were like just not. You know, it's harder to be the bigger person and be like, you know, you got to give it to me. Like I, I was kind of right about that one topic, wasn't I? Like a little bit. You know, it's like it's hard to, to be civil because it was just at the time during covid like nobody wanted to be so and it's you can go back to before that at the, the time during 9 11 you know how many heated arguments i got with uh into with people because they wouldn't even look at it reasonably like the second i even questioned it like and i would try to find the most clever innocent way of kind of like just kind of kind of dipping my toes in skepticism of the official story but soon after 9 11 like nobody wanted to have a civil conversation about it people would just hate it all Muslims, they thought Iraq and Afghanistan were, you know, responsible for it. They were so emotionally activated that you couldn't have a logical conversation. But one thing I do love about, you know, just seeing history repeat in regards to truth tellers finally uh, being seen as as basically, you know, not conspiracy theorists, uh, is that we, we learn that, you know, you stick to your guns, you're honest, you try to be uh, as honest as you can be in your opinions and thoughts and exposing the truth. And if you just hold on long enough, eventually, you know, you'll be right. And I, I think we're all learning that. It is hard not to rub it in their <laughs> fucking fat faces though right it's so hard but you know what even if you rub their face in it they're like i don't i don't see it i don't know what you're talking about i don't, I don't, I don't, I don't. that's the like, point no, you didn't just see that 
He yeah. didn't just see the thing. It was just that that was five. Like, you know, it's, it's like that's what's crazy about this Ukraine shit. It's like, yo, Iraq was five fucking minutes ago. You know what I mean? I just saw a video today. Have you seen the swag that the Taliban have been sporting? Man, they got fucking rooms full of cash. They got AKs up the ass. You know what I mean? Like they are they should be. I, I mean, I'm going to go start a rap group called the Taliban because they're fucking they're 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 uh, they're they're doing things, man. You feel me? Making it rain. I am, uh, we'll make I'm, it rain hail bullets. I'm going to try to claim. I'm going to try to claim Ukraine and Israel on my taxes this year. <laughs> dependence? Yeah, it's dependence. <laughs> and uh, we'll we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. I'm. I'm. It's a risk I'm willing to take. It is. Oh, you're getting audited first. <laughs> well, it's it's so true. What Jay says it's so true. It's like. You, you bring up Ukraine, and it's like, you guys fell for it again. Like, anybody who speaks out against, you know, the, the mainstream story on what's going on with Ukraine and if we should be supporting them or if there's any other perspectives on the conflict that we should be entertaining, like, people immediately, like, get mad. And it's just like, you know, history repeats over and over again, and it's like, people just don't learn. It's like, do you remember Syria? Like, we don't give a fuck about Syria anymore, right? Because now they moved on to the next boogeyman. Remember, you know, like, you look at Yemen, you look at, like, Libya, you look at, you know, historically, like, back in the day, we used to have to constantly bring up Vietnam. Now it's like, we have all these, like, current examples. You don't even have to go back to Vietnam. Like, it, it's like, they lie to you about every single war. The reason why we get involved always ends up being a lie. The motives always end up being something else than what we're told. Um, there's there's always other geopolitical stuff that's going on behind the scenes that in many cases, even many of us don't really know about till later. And like, oh, okay, this is why, or it was because of this pipeline, or it was because of this territory or this natural resource. And it's like you keep falling for it over and over again. And um, I mean, the only good thing about the Ukraine war is that it did help get rid of COVID a little quicker. I feel like uh Putin did save us from being masked masked up for a couple months, you know, extra months. But yeah, it just it, it's you know, it's mind boggling that people keep, keep falling for it. And it, you know, it's like every story, you know, I, I'm going to sound like Ryan from uh, T lab, but like, you know, Ryan thinks like everything's a psyop and question everything. And it's like, you know what? That's kind of a good place to start. Like, you know, let's just assume everything's a psyop. Like, let's assume the, if, if it's coming from the mainstream media or if it's coming from government, if it's come, you know, any of the people that we typically don't trust, like assume they're lying to you first. And then it's like, okay, maybe there's some truth to this. You know, if, if you uncover that later, great. But like assume they're guilty until proven innocent, not innocent until proven guilty. The well, United States the is Lucy. Uh, the general public is Charlie Brown and war is the football that they just keep pulling out and over and over and over again. You go up to kick it and you fall flat on your face. I mean, it, how many times do you have to to get lied to before you start? You, you realize I've, I've seen this before. I know what you guys do. This is well, this is the part where you 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 tell us that this is, uh, you know that that it's a threat to democracy, a threat to our democracy, which I'm convinced means something different than regular democracy, and 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 that we've got to give money and that there's an invisible enemy that's around that corner. It's going to kill us if we don't, you know, whether it's terrorists or COVID or climate change or whatever, it's, it's always around there. It takes more money, re reduces more of your rights to, in order to make it go away. And the media is definitely telling the truth this time they promise. 
Yeah, the people are the girlfriend with the black guy who says, "Like he promised me, you won't hit me again. He he loves me. You know, he hits like, me because he loves me." Yeah, you keep getting a hit, bitch. Leave him. He's crazy. Well, the, I mean, the thing is, there, there. It's not even so much assume everything's a psyop, but let's okay, let's let's say that these proven liars aren't lying about this thing well what does the available evidence say and almost always the available evidence flies in the face of what the narrative is to say nothing of the patterns uh of you know past events with these exact same entities whether they be governments or corporations so even if you approach it from okay we'll we'll say you're we'll say you're telling the truth about this let's turn to the the wheel o evidence and see where it lands you know what i mean like that's a, and yeah don't trust people that have been proven to be criminals and liars war criminals and thieves murderers and extortionists pedophiles but probably worship some weird ball-esque entity and shit like do you don't have to do you know but i mean fuck dude at least at least make them prove it do you know what i mean like so people have just become so willing to be like oh expert well that's right yeah they're an expert they must know what they they how else would they be an expert if they didn't know what they were talking about i'll just let them do my thinking for me i'd like to add to that that there's also supposed independent who have become the face of let's say medical freedom and I've been covering medical freedom since 2012 and these are the people, the changing of the guards and unfortunately the ability to discern people are giving us 70% truth, 80% truth, maybe even 90% truth, but putting in those tries, those, those truth mixed with lies and the person, unless they're on the forefront covering the topic, they don't know. And that's how they slip in. You know, you'll have someone, let's say, uh, Dr. Drew, that will be like, okay, he's up with the program talking about the jabs, but then he'll say seven-year-olds should still get uh, a booster or that the immune compromise, and that's a little lie, and they become the face of, of the movement. I think that's very important to to relay out there. I'm stunned that people in uh, who've been outspoken against the COVID vaccine, how many people aren't like skeptical of all vaccines like there's still people who are like um, i like boggles my fucking mind like it just should and i give uh brett weinstein a, a lot of credit because on the rogan podcast he it was like a brief line last time he was on he mentioned he's like you know now i'm starting to uh become skeptical of all vaccine science and it's like duh like we like do you think they only the evil people work on the covid vaccine everybody else is moral and you know it's like Big, it just, it's crazy how the PR of Big Pharma, they've done such a great job getting TikTokers and all these idiots just saying like, you know, get the vaccine, get the vaccine, get the vaccine. By the way, it's sponsored by Moderna, sponsored by Pfizer, sponsored by whatever. And it's like, you know, people like Miriam, who's been in this even longer than I have in regards to the medical freedom uh, movement, um, you know, people like us, it's like, we, we saw it coming. Like Big Pharma was like the boogeyman that nobody cared about and people ignored and the rest of us were screaming like you don't fucking understand like when a war's happening overseas like it doesn't affect us that much but you know so the military industrial complex is a dangerous absolutely is it something you should pay attention to absolutely but big pharma when they come 
they're going to be jabbing your kids. They're going to be jabbing you. They're going to affect your ability to go to work. And that's why it seems so fucking scary. And when kids were being for, you know, they're getting rid of medical exemptions or um, religious exemptions all over the country. They're adding more vaccines to the uh, vaccine um, schedule for kids. And autism rates continue to go up. You know, more kids are allergic to things than ever. Like autoimmune issues go, go up. Like all, and nobody's like worried about it. Like, yeah, like, you know, Ukraine. Yeah. I'm like, well, yeah, those things are important. But I'm like, there's also a domestic threat. And it's not the people at January 6th. It's, it's the, you know, it's big pharma. That's the domestic threat. I, I want to add that I watched very boring. I try to, as a real journalist, go to the source. The FDA had their 181 meeting and going over vaccine. There was a supposed volunteer that gave an entire presentation on the statistics of all the different anti-vaxxers in the states claiming that us anti-vaxxers are you know where are we getting our money and we have more money than the pro-vaxxers but like went through oh this is the case in louisiana this is you know they're making their there's still medical exemptions they're they are tactfully going after the this little freedom even though the rona has blown over you know, they're still actively. I I have that clip on on my uh, Twitter feed. Just mind blowing. Well, it pisses me off when they when somebody who is anti big pharma, like if they sell vitamins, like because you you'd hear this all the time, like oh, it's not a surprise that all these uh, anti vaxxers sell products. It's like wait, so if I know the shit that they're selling, that they're giving you, the pill pushers, your doctors, the shit that they're giving you is bad. And I know the things that are actually good for you, like me putting those things in a pill and then saying, here, take this, this could help. How is that like the, like the bad thing? Like you're concerned about a, you know, anti-vaxxer, maybe a functional medicine, homeopathic type of person making money off a product, but you're not concerned about all the money that Pfizer makes. Like I think it was, uh, Edward Dowd on, um, on one of his, uh, recent interviews, uh, who, you know, who wrote the book, uh, was it sudden deaths? And, um, yeah. PBD maybe on Patrick Bet David? Yeah, it might, might have been on, on Patrick Bet David, uh, where he talked about how, like, in the history of Pfizer, yep, great book. Uh, on the history, I, I'm pretending I actually read it. I listened to all my books. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, it, you know, the, the, the thing is, like, since the history of Pfizer, I think they've made, like, I forget how many millions, right? Like, since the beginning of Pfizer till, like, COVID. And then just since COVID, they've made billions. So, <laughs> like, I forget when it was a stat, but and he said this. He's like, this number is startling. And he said it on, on the interview. And he's like, since the history, the beginning of Pfizer, they've made this many millions. And then he's like, since the beginning of COVID, they've made this many billions. Right. And it's like, what? Like, are you kidding me? And what do they do with that money? They hire lobbyists. They hire PR teams. They hire, you know, you want to talk about a PSYOP. I mean, the way they have convinced the world to, to never second guess if a, anything in a syringe is bad for you has been amazing. It's been the biggest PR trick in human history. There's people who know jack shit about vaccines and you'll know like two seconds in a conversation, I'm like you haven't done any research on this. You are a part of a cult. It's the right. vaccine cult. So you what, what happens? Like uh, people are talking about this this next pandemic in 2024, 2025, where it comes out and they're openly stating people are believing that it is a 60% kill rate. What do you think is going to happen? Well, what if it's real? What if it's like the, you know, the virus that cried wolf? They have bioweapons, sure. right? 
No one's watching. Well, and I would actually put I'd, I'd put money on it actually working because you got the shot or right. the shots. Right. However, I I, I kind of wonder sometimes. I mean, not wonder. I I am cautiously optimistic about the most current booster vaccination rates the percentages of the people that didn't take it so that's indicative of people kind of getting wise to the scam or at the very least going like all right i've had enough of this that's I'm how not would you ever one. get those numbers when it's like if you don't get your other whatever the f your booster your shot you're not fully vaccinated so th- yeah. they've they've designed it so you don't we don't really know uh, on yeah. on tim pool they claimed there's 50 million of us. Is that it? Yeah. Well, I mean, I I, I don't know. I'm one of them. But uh, I it also I I've been more weary about um, the synthetic reality, right? So the the bots, the of course, like TV is is the the first and best example. You know, mass media propaganda, all that kind of stuff. Like I wonder, you know, the, uh, most of the people that. I interact with, of course, you know, not everybody's like me, but at least being in proximity to me, uh, people have at least listened a little bit, right? Um, And so once it ran its course, you know, some of my closest friends, you lose a lot along the way uh, those past couple of years. But, you know, they're like, hey, you know, actually, it kind of made sense. I, I decided not to, you know, get this one. Or or then you start talking about their kids, which it's it's some people, it's a hard line. And some people are like, it's weird. You could really tell the worth of a person by what they're willing to subject their child to. Um, So if they're like, all right, well, it's me. I'll do this thing. But we don't know. This is my kid. We're not fucking doing that. And then you have the other people that are like, well, it's my kid. It's it's not me. So will he can have, you know, the the hundred shots now that it probably is in in the vaccine schedule. He can have the hundred doses. You know, that's not me. And then, you know, so and, and, you know, he can have Pop-Tarts. I'm going to have eggs and fucking kale. He can have the Pop-Tarts, you know, so you can really tell the worth of a person by the way that they treat their children. And um, I at least do find it. I'm optimistic. And I, I think that what we might think is reality is not exactly because it's being filled we're we're catching all that you know all that data comes into your 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 senses you know what i mean the 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 print the news stories the bots on twitter you know half of the fights that you're watching on twitter that's not fucking real it's just a bunch of bots you know um i remember my first encounter with this too i had a podcast from 2012 to 2015 and i had i was trying to create a website i had uh, i had messed around with that I wasn't very great at it. I don't know code or nothing, but I was trying to add a message board and I could never get it functioning. But when I went behind, you know, the wall and I started look like my message board was filled with conversations. It was right around the, the Ferguson riots and stuff like that. And it was people like calling each other the N word and you don't know shit, you white supremacists and just like a bunch of fake-ass fights, and I'm like, dude, like 16 people listen to my show. Like, who the fuck is trying to flood my message boards with this shit? And so, I mean, um, you gotta, like... um I worry sometimes about like our community. Like this is three years gone. We're still having this fucking conversation. You know, I love I love Union of the Unwanted. But how many times have have you guys all had this exact conversation? Exactly. You know, just spiced up the words a little bit. You know, um, and we're I I wonder. I mean, we 
the people, at least here, I know we're all putting our energies into good places, but we get together and this is what we're fucking talking about. You know what I mean? So how much of that is part of the PSYOP? How much of that are you, are you feeding into? Like, we could be talking about, you know, what am I going to do to raise my root chakra? Because all I want to do is bad stuff with it. Well, I should try to raise it, right? You know, save my seat or something. I, I've heard that's a thing. I don't know. Uh, but I think I um, think there's... Sorry, sorry. I think that there's a no. balance. Like in, mm-hmm. I'm back in, in Costa Rica, and they're they're mostly they're hippies. They're not. I'm, I might look like a hippie and smell like one, but I'm not a hippie. I'm an intellectual, and but they're high vibing, and they're in a bubble, and they don't want to. They are thinking of how to to raise their root chakra or their vibration, which is great, uh, but at the same time. Are you going to put blinders off? It's like we are still having similar conversations. I'm going to share this. It's not for pity, but my father worked for Pfizer and he's like literally blocked me on Facebook. It's like it's still it's impacting me. My niece has myocarditis and she's she's 15 going on 16. Um, So the design of this is supposed to continue i mean now they're resurrecting the wuhan lab leak so it's like i wrote a piece because it's like why now why are they they're it's a raccoon the, dog the, it's not a leak it's a raccoon dog it's a raccoon dog I, yes it's raccoon I, dog, I like the it's raccoon a, dog that's the like intermediary it. host yeah i've been talking about the raccoon dog i joked about it and now it's like all over the news the oh, raccoon dog love mike was though, man mike was on the show friday and we had so much fun with the raccoon dog <laughs> story. <laughs> I missed it. Oh, oh, it was so much fun. Do you guys uh, think that that uh, the lab leak theory, the the pushing of that narrative is just attempting to mold China as the boogeyman again? And 100%. Yeah, that's what I came concluded yeah. in my piece. But you also have to have some sacrificial lamb. Someone's got to pay. You know what I mean? And, and you know... Fauci, it's a that's a good that's an easy one, you know. Uh, Trump, that's an easy one. Motherfuckers got to pay. So as long as you're keeping it over here, you're keeping it isolated. I think that's more what's going on, right? Just and and it'll even if they do get to the lab leak, you know, conclusion, which even if they do, how the fuck do you know? Um, they they want to keep it couched in this was an accident and it came in on somebody's shoe and then they sneeze and it's like no man they fucking yeah. I mean my guess my my humble opinion is that it was fucking just like chemtrailed or fucking put in the water or some, well, something I, I don't fucking there's, know there's there's very good possibility they were aerosolizing it in the uh, caves and patient zero well before the Rona I was starting to write a series on Ebola because we knew something was coming and so I was specifically looking at the folklore of Patient zero, it's always fuzzy. And a lot of times it's actually starts in the hospital from, you know, missionary, vaccinated missionaries or mm, nurses. Um, also, what's interesting, there's the International National um, Intelligence Council that wrote, I think, a 24 piece. And they specifically say because of Beijing's reluctance to share information we'll never know because we can never know about patient zero and so they peg it on um, on china and in truth this was circulating not only like around the right the military uh, games but in china there were rumors that uh, there's they just playing good cop bad cop like America can blame it on China and China saying that it's America when in reality Fauci was was funneling his gain of function 
to be to this BCL four, which is the top in the world handling um, bio. These are all bioweapons in Ukraine. There's a book called Biohazard by Ken Alibak and outlines his job was to outfit missiles with tularemia, with Q fever, with anthrax. And then we know what happened with anthrax after 9-11 and blamed it on whoever they blamed it. Was it Muslims? But in reality, it was coming out of Fort Diedrich. It makes sense now why they're starting to demonize China and Canada, actually. Um, they're starting to accuse them of interfering with elections and stuff like that. And uh, and and it just seems like it just seems like a distraction to me. And they're just making China the enemy now from another angle. You know, meanwhile, Soros has been sponsoring mayor elections for 15, 20 years here in Canada. Mm. What are you talking about? This is the freest and fairest election in the history of the United States. Get the fuck out of here. Or Canada. Jesus Christ. And, or, um, yeah, man. Oh, and I wanted to say, too, Ricky, that episode you did last week with the Intel whistleblower, fucking fantastic stuff, man. That was a that was a great interview. I feel like, um, I mean, you're a fantastic interviewer anyway, but like you were really on point with everything until every time you'd go off and, and start talking about all the people you've interviewed for 15 minutes. Um, but uh, it's, uh, no, it was a fantastic interview. The only thing I was wondering, um, so um, because I, I've been thinking a lot about this East Palestine thing and it's always, it's rubbed me the wrong way since day one. And there's, you know, I, Ryan, um, Ryan Kristen has done fantastic work. Uh, breaking all that stuff down. Actually, everything Ryan does is fantastic work. That guy is, uh, I mean, my favorite has always been Corbett, but I don't know, man. Ryan is like creeping up there to take the pole spot uh, in 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 my uh, you know top favorite three. But um, I, I wanted to ask, is this dude does uh, so? I always maintain healthy skepticism, so I don't just believe him because I like you and he's on your show, um, but I'm inclined to believe him. But what's this dude's deal? Is he trying to get caught? Like, he was giving up every, like, piece of personal information about himself while having the voice thing on. Is like, like, detailing all of his health problems and every military put. Like, if he's trying to not get killed, is, is, what, what, is, um, what, what's the deal with this dude? I for people listening, I had uh, well, it was actually a, uh, I don't know if I should, how much I should give, but we had a mutual friend, I guess you could say that uh, hooked us up, and um, it was just a guy who's done all. I mean, as you heard on the show, he's been involved in a lot of interesting things, and the amount of detail he goes into tends to make me think that he's probably being honest about uh, the things that he he was involved in, and um, but yeah, that it was kind of funny. I mean, he he told me that uh so he actually called in using video and um and then he he it was it was funny i can say this because he was gonna be okay with having the video on the, the episode uh dressed up as a full steelers fan he had his face covered steelers jersey hat all the stuff and i'm just like i thought you were trying to hide your identity he's like so I don't like this. I don't like to steal. <laughs> he said, and I'm like, oh, okay. And then I'm like, I'm like, we can do just audio. He's like, no, no, I got everything in the back. Everything's, um, um, has a part or, or it, 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 everything behind me I know is going to be on uh, camera and it's not anything that's going to give anything away. I've thought about all of it or whatever. So it makes me think that maybe some of the stuff he was saying on 
the interview was either one exaggerations, maybe fabrications, maybe, or he just felt comfortable enough that it wasn't enough to give away who he was. I mean, again, how many millions of people are there, you know, uh, in the world? It's like, if, if you don't see me, if you don't know what I look like, and if my voice is disguised, cause I just dis- disguised the, the sound of his voice. Um, if I say, Hey, I got high cholesterol. It's like, ah, we can figure out who the fuck that guy is. He has high cholesterol. You know, it's like, you know, it's, I don't know. No, if no, he- it was a little bit, it was, the, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. It was a little bit crazier than that, though. It's like, I've got a really rare type of a disease. And it's like, and, it, and then you're like, I don't know how old you are. You know, I'm 30. It's like, yeah, yeah, me too. I'm pretty close. And it's like, yeah, no, it I- was, it was getting down to like, my sister, my sister lives in East Palestine. She's lived there for how many years? And, uh, you know, and uh, did she just died. She just died last week. And I'm like, come on, dude. Like, yeah, he, but it was, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off, but it was a great interview. Well, I need cutting off sometimes, or I'll just keep talking. But uh, yeah, it, it, it yeah, I mean, I, I kind of had the same feeling. I mean, I I saw some people commented on, on that, and um, I had the same feeling. Again, I'm kind of in the ear, you know, like I'm like many of you guys. I've I've had the benefit that the show's been around for a long time, and I've um, interviewed many people, which I'll name. I'm kidding. Um, and, <laughs> but uh. <laughs> but uh but i have a lot of people reach out to me and i'm very selective with who i have on like there's i mean i it gets to a point where i'm just like no 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 and and it's not because they can't be interesting i've actually had some people on that i'm like oh i'm on the fence about i'm like should i have them on i'm like i don't know you know they don't seem super interesting not like because again i'm doing this as a passion project like you should um, tell them that like say you're not super interesting i'm not gonna have you on you know, I understand that there are people who are having you on their shows and that they may have a larger platform than me, but it's just you're dull. You're, I find you bland. You are you are uninteresting. I, you know, if like I have a full time job, unfortunately, I have a full time job, and it's not this isn't my full time gig, and I have a family, and I have hobbies, and I have things I enjoy. To, for me to take time out of my day, you know, and it could be an hour, two hours, whatever, to, to, you know, be pulling at my hair to, to like hold a conversation with somebody. It's just, you know, to me, it's not worth it. Like it has to be somebody that I, I'm curious about or I feel like I, you know, I can talk to. I mean, sometimes it, you know, it magic happens. Like I remember the first time and I've told Jessica Rose this and I've, um, I've talked about it on the show how like D- uh, Dr. Jack, uh, Dak, Dr. James Lyons Wheeler, he would th- throw suggestions at me every once in a while because he he knew I'm I'm very big in like the the health freedom movement and and you know I I might be more inclined to have a doctor on than maybe other shows. Um, so uh, and as you know, because I'm always referencing my my archive, I've had many doctors on, but um, D- Dr. Jessica Rose, I didn't know anything about her, like. And he's like, you know, have her on. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll get back to you. I'll look into her. I like to look into the guests, kind of see who who they are, see how they riff with the guest hosts um, or the hosts of the shows that they're on and if they can hold a conversation, if they're interesting, whatever. And um, and I just got so busy, I never got around to it. And then Dr. Jack's like, hey, you're going to have Jessica on or what? I'm like, okay, you know what? I'll book her and then I'll, I'll, I'll look into her. I, I'll, I'll, you know, I have faith that he's not going to be sending me somebody that uh, isn't interesting. And then like, Again, got busy, completely f- forgot to look into her. And at the last second, I'm like looking for shit. And this is like before Jessica was like on anybody's radar. She, she, I couldn't find one interview she's done. I couldn't find anything, no podcast, no nothing. I'm like, oh shit, I'm going on a blind date. And I don't, I mean, this could, could turn out poorly. Um, and, uh, and then 
she comes on we start talking about fear factory and you know and heavy metal because we're both in um, um, similar types of music we start talking about the terminator series how much we love that and we had all these similarities and we had this like three hour magical conversation and um you know i'm like oh my god it worked out like this was awesome it ended up being one of my favorite guests and one of my favorite episodes and uh and then other times you know you have certain people on i mean not to say i think there's a jfk um <laughs> a jfk researcher that uh you know i i had on years ago and even even was on a round table that i put together uh years ago with james d genio and russ baker and a bunch of jfk people and he's just you know i'm like he does great work i know he's kind of well known in in the environment in that realm but i'll never have him on again he's just he's not the politest person in the world it's hard to kind of get stuff out of him and it's just not enjoyable and there's also a other people you know that people might know that because i've i've probably have slipped and said his name a few times uh who will never come on the show again just because it wasn't enjoyable and he was he was kind of a dick and uh you know so it just you know to me it has to be enjoyable and the nice thing about interviewing people is that for the most part like i've done whatever 400 and whatever many episodes like i can count on one hand how many people i would never invite back you know and uh i've been very lucky and and i'm a pretty I'm a people's person. I mean, I'm a social butterfly. Even in my personal life, I'm the person who my wife's yelling at because we sat, we just happened to sit next to somebody at the bar that, you know, seems interesting. And now I'm talking to them and ignoring her and she's pissed because I, you know, uh, but I'm a social butterfly. I, if I meet somebody who's, who seems fascinating or interesting, like I want to know their story. I won't, you know, I like having conversations. So it's, um, you know, it, it just one of those things where like I feel like I can kind of riff with anybody. But if 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 it's not enjoyable to some extent, like I I can't do it, you know. And I get uh, I, I know Graham and I and Darren and I have talked about this about getting people who want to come on your show. And you're like you're like this person could either be like a breakthrough guest, like I'll have the first one to have this this person on with this crazy amazing story, or they're batshit crazy. And I'm gonna get, I'm gonna put out an episode with a fucking crazy person, and I'm gonna get laughed at because everybody, you know, once I get exposed as a crazy person, I'm that idiot who fell for it. So, um, you know, I think we all kind of fight with that a little bit. Well, I said the guy you had on your show, the most yeah, recent was... one, the 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 whistleblower guy. Uh, it was compelling to listen to. Regardless, uh, it did seem like he knew his stuff, um, and uh, he told the story very well. Uh, but he should know that if you own a smartphone and you're connecting through Zoom, if they want to get a hold of you, if they want to figure out who you are, they they have enough data points to figure that out. Um, you know, I appreciate the effort of using a voice modulator or harmonizer to disguise yourself. Uh, but the the information just by itself was was fascinating to listen to. What was he whistleblowing? Uh, well, he was kind of, well, initially he contacted uh, or our mutual friend contacted me because I was getting sent pictures and videos of what happened in uh, Ohio with the uh, with the train and the derailment. And I was getting pictures from like of nature and, and some of the water and, you know, all the chemicals in the water and dead animals and all this stuff. So he was initially going to um, our mutual friend reach out to me. He's like, hey, I'm getting this from my buddy. He kind of has a very interesting um, line of work and information and intel. And, uh, you know, I've talked him into possibly entertaining coming on your show. And I'm like, well, if he's the one getting you these videos, he's obviously there, which, you know, to me means like, okay, that's going to be a perspective that I want to hear. And I want to, you know, I want to hear it right from somebody who's there. And and then li little by little, the conversation, you know, he after talking to him, um, you know, one on one uh, pre-recording, 
before we start recording, I found out that he has all these other interesting aspects to his life and he's done a lot of other interesting things and he just had interesting perspectives on a lot of stuff and seemed to be informed perspectives but uh he didn't want to use zoom initially i'm like uh you know i'm like well I, it's easier i'm like you just make a fake account i'll send you the link it's a one-time link whatever but so he did take some protocols but you're right like I, I don't know the other thing too that i was worried about was that it's such a casual conversation with you know on, on my show that i was concerned that like he might forget like this is going to be online forever. Like, you know, cause we're, he, you know, we're talking, we're kind of, you know, I'm always, I always try to kind of, um, similar to many of you guys. And I think that's why a lot of people love our shows is because we are trying to just kind of recreate a hangout. Right. And, um, and I was concerned that maybe in that hangout, he realizes, uh, he, he might not realize till afterwards that he said something, but I did tell him that like anything you want to cut out, um, you know, to let me know, I'll cut it out afterwards or whatever. Uh, I didn't have to do any of that besides his social, because he said his social on air. I'm kidding. Um, but he, you know, he, it's, I, I think there's, it was beneficial. One, I'm, uh, I'm humbled that Mike listened to my show. Thank you, Mike. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm very, uh, surprised, um, that anybody wants to hear me talk more than the, every other Monday, um, uh, that we do this show. <laughs> but, uh, but thank you. But yeah, check check it out. Let me know what you think. I'm. Uh, people did say that in the comments quickly on on Rockfin. They're like, "Wait, this guy doesn't want to uh, anybody to know who he is." But he, you know, he talked about having the "Don't Tread on Me" uh, flag outside his window. You know, but that's like, like millions of people. You know, I, I get that. But I mean, what he said though, um, that United States is already at war in some capacity. And he went into a little bit of detail about that. And then uh, it sounded like you guys recorded the episode a few weeks ago. Because uh, when he's talking about referencing East Palestine, it sounds like some of that stuff had already come out already. And that the situation in East Palestine, Ohio, is way worse than what people expect when it comes to wild, dead wildlife. And that the the train derailment was uh, sabotaged that uh, he was speculating. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, Ricky, that they were kind of... Uh, hoping whoever was doing the, the sabotaging of the the train, they were hoping it happened a little further south down the line, so it would uh, definitely impact the Ohio River in a much more significant way. Yeah, it did sound like he's speculating that. Yeah, and this uh, I, I'd love. Uh, you know, we, we all try to be informed, and this is a, a story that's been in the news lately. What's everybody else's opinion? Because I'm still probably much like yourself, Mike. I'm still kind of like gathering information and trying to get like a good grip on like okay. What happened? Is it, is this more than just a random accident, or is there more to the story? Have you guys uncovered anything else that would say otherwise? I I personally have not. I'm like a hundred miles away from the place, and uh, it just seems like it is one of those things where it it dropped off the radar and it has been pushed away. And the only people that are really keeping it alive are people in the the alt media. But even then, I haven't heard a lot. Um, it's it's it just kind of fizzled out. Like it barely got on mainstream radar, and then next thing you know, Donald Trump's getting arrested. You know. <laughs> no I want to say that I, I uh, coincidentally, my roommate uh, a month and a half ago, we had they put on uh, White Noise. I walked out because it was such a crappy film, but lo and behold, to have uh, the derailment. Plus, how many derailments are there now? I did do a. Um, a dig just intuitively. I was like, is there any relationship between vinyl chloride and uh, graphene? And, and there is, but 
I, I think the fact that this is odorless and is very, I mean, yeah, it's a lot worse than what they're saying. I just don't think given the script white noise that this is just another coincidence. Well, as of six hours ago, the uh, Norfolk Southern CEO uh, is uh, deeply sorry for East Palestine disaster and says the company is going to make it right. That's what he said uh, as of uh, six hours ago. So, See, Norfolk Southern, a, a train company, has developed technology that will remove dioxins from uh, the, the lungs of everyone who has breathed them in. And it will also reanimate all of the livestock and the pets that were lost as a result of the explosion. So they are on it, and they are going to make it right. They okay. Definitely. You can count on that. Whatever. I think it's part of just like uh, a, a much larger uh, effort to just destroy everything natural. I mean, if you can get everybody into synthetic systems that you control from the from uh, the from the money to the food, I mean, then you got them in your back fucking pocket. You know, um, that's well. And if you've rendered it so that all of the farmable land is now worthless because you've dumped ridiculous amounts of poison on it, but Bill Gates already owns a giant chunk of it. All he has to do is throw up some warehouse facilities, and you've got bug farms for days. So, uh, as of 12 hours ago, guys, uh, after and this just comes from Yahoo News. This is this is a fun headline. After Ohio train derailment in East Palestine, pro-Russia Twitter accounts spread misleading claims. Uh, some claims pushed by the pro-Russian accounts were verifiably false, such as a suggestion that news media had covered up the disaster or that the environmental scientists traveling to the site had been killed in a plane crash. Uh, I, I didn't even hear about those. I would have I would have tried to spread that disinformation, but I didn't hear that. Uh, but more were uh, speculative, seemingly designed to st stoke fear and distrust. Examples include unverified maps showing widespread pollution, post-predicting increase in fatal cancers, and uh, and others about unconfirmed mass animal die-offs. So they're claiming mass animal die-offs uh, is pro-Russian Twitter accounts spreading misinformation. But I did see reports and I did see pictures of, of animal die-offs. I know uh, the Ohio Senator J.D. Vance went down there and just you know touched a pool of water with a stick and chemicals came to the surface. There's plenty of video evidence to say that the entire region there is, is absolutely polluted. And that the local news reports that I played and have, have saw where people were claiming the day of this, the explosion that there were Kennels that lost dogs. There were foxes that were being raised privately. They died. Uh, chickens died within a 10-mile radius of that thing. So there was, I mean, I guess maybe the wiggle room is, what do you consider a mass die-off? You know, is it uh, excess of 100 or 1,000? But I would say anything that I just recounted is considered a mass die-off. But it's Russian Twitter, so uh, just be careful. What do you think? What do you guys think of this predictive programming? Like, do you think they're like, oh, let's take that script? Or, I mean, because I'm at the point where I think it's we're in the Truman Show and it's all, it's all political theater BS, but it's like simulation proportions. Like, so how, what is the what? mechanism of like, oh, that, like, because contagion, for instance, 
is very much they slapped it against the world. Larry Brilliant, that worked for Google and World Health Organization, literally said, we we commissioned that film, Contagion. And then they arguably used it against the world. So in this case, how, how does it work? They're like, oh, let's let's do that film. What, how, did, how does it? Well, who else watched it? White noise? White noise. Contagion or white noise? Oh. White noise. Dave, because, okay, here's the thing that's super weird about it. Yeah, yeah. okay. The the train derailment it's in just, and of itself, yeah. it's a separate movie right. from the rest of the entire film. Even the scene where they're doing like the, where there's that weird moment where the guy's like, oh, well, this is a simulation, but since it's a live exercise, we're also going to incorporate that into our simulated data. Like even that totally that's a separate film from the entire rest of the arc of the story to say nothing of the fact that they're like oh by the way he's a professor of hitler studies and knows that but you know we're gonna show some weird nazi ideology that flash like a weird scene and but that doesn't have anything to do with anything else really either and it's just it's constructed so oddly that you would think that if you were going to do the train derailment movie you would carry that out and you yeah. would follow you know and that's why i walked you, out of my living room i was like this is so shit. see ya i'm gonna go back they to wanted work. it was like art house but it was also they wanted to do it like kind of a thriller and then it was it, it was so weird it was so disjointed that it i the only logical conclusion that we could come to is that the whole thing was a fucking op, boys and girls. I don't know, man. I really don't. Like, it's 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 fuzzy. You know what I mean? Hinky. I don't know. I like that term. That's a classic Letterman term. <laughs> I guess it kind of depends on what lens you're choosing to look at the psyop, if it is a psyop, through. Right. So you could look at it from the predictive programming lens, and that is, uh, okay, this is being put out to, to seed the idea, to make it more believable. Uh, and then you have like the satanic lens where, you know, you, you're, it's, it's, uh, you're, it's unconscious programming and you're trying to, to bring reality about by, you know, some type of mock sacrifice, you know, th that type of lens. And then there's the, then there's like the intelligence lens where it's, it's, you, right. A lot of psyops, at least run by, you know, like CIA, Mossad, and stuff like that, when you're talking about pure intelligence psyops, it's it's more along the lines of just wasting people's time in a in a uh, uh, in a in a war of attrition for their attention. So what you're what the goal would be using that lens would just to be like we're gonna. We, we got this operation that we're trying to do. We're going to make this movie so that these guys over here can just talk about the movie for, you know, make sure that we're, they, we got them going down that rabbit hole. Because if you got if you got people, especially the people that are going to pick up on it are going to be the critical thinkers. They're going to be the people that are out there looking for it and things like that. And you want them to sink the the very precious fucking minutes you want to soak that out of their life if you can because then they're not doing more constructive things which not saying this isn't constructive um i'm not bashing on it because i i love this shit um but like that's that's another lens that you can look at it you, you know and it's um because i i mean anybody anybody ever heard of the collins brothers they wrote the ascendancy of the scientific dictatorship anybody ever heard that uh, i know um James Corbett had him on his show like 
2012. It was uh, two brothers. They're like, they they love big words. Uh, I think we had them on. Like, they they had uh, they had a book out called. Um, uh, I'll, I'll I'll find the I'll find the book. Continue. Um, yeah, well, the, the, this book, uh, the, the Ascendancy of the Scientific Dictatorship, like these guys are, are like uh, Christian scholars or something like that. Um, so they're looking at this all, at, you know, and they're, they're, they have a big chunk of the book on predictive programming. And I think that might have been the, the first place where I started learning about it because I was pretty young then. And um, I was fascinated by it, but their lens is a very Christian type of lens. Um, and the book itself is, is – there's no index. It's – Difficult. It's just like a bunch of essays kind of cobbled together, but it's a great fucking book other than like the, the logistical aspect of it. Um, but, you know, there could be something to that too, right? Like like just trying to pull the vibration down, you know, depending on, again, like what what lens you want to throw on in terms of, uh, of whatever religion you're trying to look look at the the, uh, the psyop through. Um, so, you know, with Christians, it's like trying to get, the you know, the devil in their ear and all that type of stuff. Yeah, yeah. So, um, all depends on that type of stuff. But I, I wonder what the fuck happened to them because I don't know well, if they, they wrote the book. I think I yeah, they did. It. it was called uh, Invoking the Beyond, the Kantian Rift Mythologized Menaces and the Quest for the New Man. Like, Actually, it's quite. It's pretty. It's pretty interesting. Century? Like that's a that's a that's like the longest title I've heard since like the yeah. first book. But there's also the synchro mystic or the supernatural viewpoint. I mean, there mm -hmm. are sometimes. I mean, we are living in a strange world. I mean, sometimes maybe that movie manifested something to happen. I mean, who knows? I mean, the crazy part about it is how it went little viral on Netflix prior to the thing. That's a bit odd. But it did I mean, go I, viral. Yeah, I think yeah, it, it was. Well, sorry, sorry. Movie. It was so trending. I shouldn't say viral, but it was it was trending, it was or they trending. had it on one of their oh, front really? pages prior to the to the accident. So, like a bunch of people said, oh, I just saw this on Netflix prior to the accident. So I mean, but I mean, who knows? That doesn't mean it's it's not some supernatural or synchromistic um, power behind the whole thing. I mean, I'm with Graham there. Yeah, I think that makes isn't that the Obamas? No, I think it goes yeah, even they, deeper they than that. It. It's like you got a bunch of rival factions that have figured out. And I mean, the ancients have been talking about forever that this is all just like, it's all, all of reality is malleable. And, you know, they're doing it through Hollywood and they're doing it through social media. And, you know, you got your Joe Rogans and you got your CNNs and you got all that is just being different frameworks, being controlled by different people, pulling on different levers to try and exercise their own end out of reality. And like all of us are a pretty powerful antenna. If they can get us all thinking, you know, down their timeline, they can sort of manifest. That's how, that's how I think it all works is that they're just, it's all a game to get us to help them do their magic. Get our loosh. I think, I mean, I think sometimes like uh, artists or even inventors, they, they pull that, that, uh, that idea that, piece of inspiration out of the ether and sometimes they even go on record saying it was a shot into their head and the song basically wrote itself or the invention just kind of manifested itself on paper and it was almost kind of like they were in a meditative state and they weren't doing anything they were just kind of recording what was given to them and i think uh, uh -huh. even like the vril society that uh, was attached to the uh, the occult version of the third reich they or help channeling these weird technologies from the ether. 
and that uh, either you can pull down these ideas from the ether and you can, as a conscious entity, produce something with them. Or, or the future. Or the future. Uh, or the world itself, whatever mechanism this world is, will take those ideas and construct something out of them. Uh, a real-world train disaster or a real-world action from, with those ideas. It's just, are you going to get to them first before uh, the world does? Sure, maybe. Well, yeah, and that's where the, the concept of precognitive art and all that stuff comes from, too, right? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And I, I, I try – it's it's a difficult thing to do. Like, you can train yourself to do it, but I try to get into that state when I'm, when I'm writing an album. And it's like that's, that you have to shut off, right? So the way that I do it, it's a very unique uh, process. All the drugs, and then – you sit there and then you listen to the to the the music over and over and over and over until you're just like in you're just in it and it's not making sense anymore and then you put all the ideas the stream consciousness just through it you just let it go you just write and i, I actually got that idea from uh, maybe it was like a a, a, a jordan maxwell um uh talk just about stream of consciousness you just get all the ideas out and you edit later and um i always i always uh, took that from uh from hemingway bright drunk edit sober um and uh there is something to be said about that because it has been i have gone back to some of my early stuff like when i wrote when i was a goddamn kid um and i've listened to it and i get chills down my i'm even getting chills right now thinking about it because i'm like listening to it and i'm like oh my god that's that's fucking you know that that uh you know that's uh, uh you know this synchro mystic that's that's uh that's pre-christian like full that that's platonic i didn't know shit about plato like how how did plato end up in my shit that i was writing when i was 16 um and and um it's difficult and i, I remember so mein kampf hard left mein kampf is is like it's got some real fucking nuggets in it um, and I remember there was this one chapter where he was talking about artists, and um, he said that uh, because of like the, I think his his theory was that the, all all these chemicals that flood you with the testosterone and stuff like that, you're you're a more creative artist in your twenties, and then you start to lose it through your thirties. And I was actually always uh, like terrified of that, and it's actually panned out. Like I I can't write like I used to. It takes me much longer to write an album. Um, but I think that that is like artists are the conduit for like raw consciousness, raw stream consciousness. Like you're just you shut off at the only, the people that are the best artists are the people that are like, I don't even remember making that, you know, and um, I think there is something to that. I think you're right. There, I, I feel like that sometimes I read like I just published an ebook, like 80 pages, understanding the mechanisms of the vaccine, the gene therapy. But although this isn't creative, but I I read it i'm like how the hell did i i'm not even a scientist but um i do think jade now that you're in the country that there's less interference for you to like access your higher self and creativity because i think i personally think that's a self-limiting belief that as you get older you're not you can't tap into the to the creativity well you see with artists all the time like they're really heavy when you're when they're young and then they soften up and uh, especially me being somebody who, who grew up listening to heavy metal. And, I, you know, I, I think as you get older, right, you don't get as mad about things or you learn which things to sweat about and which things you don't sweat about. You're like, hey, you know, I'm not going to uh, sweat about the little things and, and, and whatnot. And, um, and I think when you're young and you're looking for inspiration or a motivation to write 
or do something artistic, uh, it's really easy to find uh, inspiration in, you know, things that you're getting emotional about, a breakup or your dislike of, you know, uh, being anti-war, dislike of a war or whatever it may be that uh, po- politically uh, motivates you. But uh, the, the, it's but it's like that saying, you know, the youth is wasted on the young. It's uh, it, you can also be misdirected, right? You, like your heart might be in the right place, but you're too emotional and you're not logical. And I, you're probably, you know, the best place is to be somewhere in between. Maybe don't disconnect from your emotions, but don't let it be the driver of your thinking and, and where you're going. And um, so, you know, I, I, yeah, when you're young, I think that's one of the reasons. I mean, another thing I wanted to bring up to you guys, uh, speaking of music, and uh, so this is kind of on topic, and I know I have a couple of musicians on the show, Jay, uh, Mike, um, you know, I think some of the other guys play the skin flute, but it's... Um, <laughs> But <laughs> speaking but, uh, of skin flute, you ever see Charlie Robinson at thirty five with hair and no glasses? <laughs> dude, that dude was pretty. His headshots. You talk about that. We talk a lot about predictive pro- programming, and uh, I've I've thought a, a lot about this. Like, so when I was growing up, like I I was saying, like I listened to heavy metal. I, I used to listen to Cannibal Corpse, Napalm Death, uh, Slipknot, you know, that was a little later, but um, some. But my point is, like, I'm bringing up artists that were dark, you know, I listened to KMFDM, I listened to Suicide Commando, I listened to you know, like, some dark industrial, like, if it was darker, the better, and if, uh, you know, if it was kind of uh, intense or, you know, took me into, like, some dark place, like, I, I loved it. You know, it was the stuff that I, I, I liked. Anything that was too happy or cheerful, I, I just kind of strayed away from. I wasn't attracted to. And um, so, and I'm, I'm getting to uh, how is this relevant to what we're talking about. Like, we talk about some of the predictive programming and, and some of the, the music, the satanic symbolism, the satanic lyrics, and all the stuff. And, you know, sometimes I think to myself, I'm like, okay, well, I grew up listening to some pretty dark stuff and if i was a parent you know would i look at the stuff that you know i was listening to uh and be like you know you shouldn't listen to that it's it's you know it's too sexual or it's too dark or it's too satanic or whatever and coming from an artistic perspective because you know growing up i used to love to draw and write and music anything that was artistic i was attracted to uh i i liked pushing the boundaries a little bit and i like Go, you know, doing some things that are maybe, you know, similar shock rock, you know, something that might um, push the boundaries. And I'm curious if sometimes if, and I'd love to get everybody's opinion, like, are we overanalyzing a artist who's trying just to be shock rock and just trying to push the boundaries? And when they put symbols on something, maybe they're not doing it because they're connected to some Illuminati, but maybe they're only doing it because they're artists who are trying to know that we're going to think that you're connected to some Illuminati and it's going to get that reaction. Um, do you think there's anything to that? Yes, dude. So... I have been thinking so hard. I can't believe you just said all that because I have been thinking so very hard about this exact thing all week. So I, I've been listening to, uh, to to Sam Smith's song. So I'm always like a month or two behind everybody else. Sam Smith's got that song, Unholy. Now, here's the thing. 
I was listening to it and I'm like, what is that? What what scale is that? I'm listening to it and I'm like fucking around with it. And I'm like, that's like a double harmonic or something like that. So it turns out to be a double harmonic major, which is palindromatic, right? So the intervals on the way up the scale are the same on the way down the scale. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, so if someone would be trying to make a satanic song, you would use a palindromatic scale and then base the song around that. And it's like, it's a real simple riff. You know what I mean? It's just like that, 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 that 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 as the baseline and then you run that over and then he's got all of the um all of the voices at the beginning and the end of the song as being like they're all they fade in and out backwards and then you listen to the scale that at the end of the song he's running it backwards but because it's palindromatic it sounds the same as forwards but you can still get that backward like you know how you do a reverse symbol and i'm like i'm sitting there but i'm thinking that like i'm watching interviews with this guy and he's so nice he's so like he's so accepting and you know what i mean and and like in the content of the song is about a dude cheating on his wife but the subject of the song so he's the narrator the subject of the song is the trans girl, the, the, the girl that was the youngest trans girl in Germany. Um, that's the artist. I forget her name. Um, who is like – and the thing about her is, is that she – anybody could have sung that. She's nothing really special. She's good. She nailed it. It was, it was good. But that – I feel like that choice was, was either personal because they were friends or they were trying to make a point about the song in and of itself. But like I'm thinking and I'm like I grew up with satanic music just just the same. And I don't actually think so. Maybe these types of messages and symbolism and things like that, if you're looking at it with a couple of different lenses, maybe those types of messages and symbols affect the easily hypnotized, which is like 65% of the population, you know, the Milgram experiment type people. And then also like artists aren't there always like yeah there are artists that have political messages and that they're trying to say something some artists are just trying to express a piece of humanity a piece of what it means to be human and being human is fucking dark sometimes you go and you do some gross shit like you you cheat on your wife with the trans girl you know what i'm saying like so i don't actually think that it's necessary uh, and it necessarily like that's what all the the, the satanic panic stuff with uh, Marilyn Manson and 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 uh, the, the Colorado shooters and all that stuff. I don't necessarily think that artists are trying to be satanic, but they're just trying. Um, some of them, you know, some of them, of course, could be like straight Illuminati, whatever the fuck that is, and they could be, you know, psyop uh, people that were recruited. But like most of the time, I think artists are just trying to express a piece of being human. Even Marilyn Manson. So I mean, there, Marilyn Manson. <laughs> there's also there's also people that just want to that are fantastic performers and understand marketing and understand uh, can cat like can pick up on you know what the zeitgeist is doing either right when something is going to hit or maybe just before or just after there's people that are just kind of lucky in that aspect to where you know it and it's not necessarily that they're evil it's not necessarily that they're intentionally putting out their stuff out there that they they want to cause harm or damage or do make people you know do something nefarious but they're kind of fucking vapid and they're not thinking too hard past this is a wonderful party i'm having a great time while we're blowing up while we're making head spin 
and, and it's just, let's see how long we can do this. And then the next thing you know, you're hosting Rock of Love. Limpus. Like Lil Nas X, who's doing Jam. satanic limited edition Nike shoes with and making a ton of money, but by all accounts has no fucking talent at all. And then there's the John Todd component to this, where he's talking about this 30 years ago saying... The every record executive CEO has an altar in his office where they put the master recording on there and they and they infuse it with satanic energy so that it will take off. And you hear that and you go, sounds crazy, but it works. But but can we talk about Jimmy Page? (laughs) Can we talk about these guys that are that are known Luciferians that are talking about the same sort of shit? Like, I, I, I can't. I can only say that's I hear this and I see this. Do I understand it? No, I don't understand it. I wouldn't pretend to understand the inner workings of this. And does it is it important to me? No, I dismiss it as horse shit, but it matters to them. And so why are the CEOs of major record labels doing all this stuff? If it makes me think that maybe perhaps they know something we don't know. That's all I'm saying. Well, Slayer. Maybe it only example. works on small amount. Slayer was a perfect example. They were like everybody who didn't listen to Slayer thought they're the most satanic band ever, and I believe at least some of them were Christian, right? Like, yeah, it was. It was about the the yeah. content of their of their lyrics. They just sang about the horrors of humanity. The same way people watch, uh, you know, Friday the Thirteenth or you know, Nightmare on Elm Street because they want that kind of reaction in their body chemistry people will listen to slayer but they get pumped up or or whatever it's uh but yeah slayer i by all accounts i don't think most of them were not satanic i think carrie king the guitar player uh is uh, a satanist i think was uh, from what i understand oh, he's and out? then also uh, yeah it okay. cast in cast in the red robe for for a different color one uh, but i a lot of that too it metal for the longest time was i mean just blatantly anti-war and blatantly anti-empire and blatantly like a lot of the imagery that they were talking about had to do with a militarism and an aggression that was coming from the state that i mean there was a huge disconnect and a lot of that was if you took the time to read lyrics you figure it out but you could demonize it easily because of how aggressive it was and because of there were you know just gnarly imagery that went along with it yeah and if you've ever met a metal musician they're usually meek like they're usually little bitches Mellow. you know what i mean like yeah. you had to get that to get that good at guitar you have to sit in your mom's basement for a decade so well, and you notice, like, oh, so much. I used to go to a lot of live shows, and it's like the deeper and more aggressive and crazier the voice, the smaller of the person that was singing. You know, like all these guys with like you, like they sound like, you know, who, who's the guy from Game of Thrones, the Mountain or whatever they call him. Uh, the, they sound like him, like what he should sound like, some giant, you know, dude. And then you meet him in person, and you're like, they're, they're like five two, and I'm just like, what's like Phil Labonte. most successful rock musicians are fairly short like the guys in green day incredibly small uh acdc 
basically little people. They're like five two. Like me, James Dio. Yeah, like they're incredibly <laughs> small, and there might be that some little Munchkin Lander. Something with it. It's it's rare that you have a, a, a rock star that is over six feet tall. I think Queens of the Stone Age guy Josh Hama. He's like six six. Uh, Pete Steele from. I grew up with Josh. He's he's six five two fifty. He's big. He's a big dude. He played inside linebacker. But, but, but that's a rarity. That's a rarity in rock and roll. And I, I think it. I think it shows that there is when you when you when you are meek and small, you have to prove yourself extra to the world. And that that is a partial driving factor of why uh, those musicians are are so amazing. Yeah, Peter. Yeah. Ladies and, and gentlemen, a- Glenn Danzig. Glenn <laughs> Danzig. Yeah. There's a. There's an evolutionary biology, uh, biological uh, explanation to it too, um, and that is that um, in you know when humans were still in caves and shit, uh, it, it was advantageous. So women were attracted to men that could play instruments, like they had uh, the prehistoric flutes and things like that. It showed a potential mate that you had that you ate enough that you could master something that in your leisure time, something of that type of skill. Um, and you see it like, uh, you know, the Beatles and Elvis and all that stuff, like women just going crazy. Like, I've seen that in real life before, and that shit is crazy. Like, I mean, I never had that type of effect on women. Actually, most of the people that we played in front of were guys and their girlfriends, and, they're, you know, you're usually not getting laid. Um, but uh, it's 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 it, the crazy part about it is that that is why you become a musician, right? Like, if you're big, you play sports. That's where you're going to spend your leisure time, and you're going to get bigger and bigger and things like that. You usually become a musician because you're like, I'm ugly, I'm small, and how am I going to get girls? And that's why most people start playing uh, that's why most men start playing instruments is to get girls. That's the, it's very explicit. It's like that's why I picked up like I was I was short, fat, not particularly good looking. A little bit's changed, um, but it's it's just like that. That's why you do it, and that's uh, that's why they're all little and meek and shit. Like uh, one of the most incredible drummers that I've uh, he he uh, played drums on one of our albums, tiny motherfucker. Like, and this guy doesn't leave his house. He actually had to stop playing because like this dude only ate fucking like Dominoes and and Doritos, and like his knees are complete shit. But I have never seen anybody play drums like this guy, and he's like maybe five eight and like the dude's arms are like like twigs you know and um yeah that's what that's why you start you, you want to get chicks so i, I think it's, does the same rule go for the uh the people at the world economic forum where they're just kind of like absolutely they're they're vampires and they you know they're not getting not getting no, laid the way they want no. so they want to rule the world Ironically, I'm in the process of putting, I've got the master list of the World Economic Forum. I've been working on it all day today to put together That's an awesome. episode with all those people. So you're, you're they're scumbags. That's what they have in common. I don't know about height, but they're Goblins. definitely not nice people. Yeah. Well, you know, let's be honest, like politicians, it could be some could be motivated by the same, the same motivations. I mean, I know. Uh, people that I went to school with that were like, you know, like really that end eventually end up go- getting into local politics and whatever. And it's like the typical politicians shaking everybody's hand, always smiling or what like they, they're most of them are losers. They're, they're losers. They, they didn't really have anything else going on outside of that, you know, that would bring them attention or popularity. And it, you know, 
I could be wrong, but it seems like some of them, it's like, oh, this is a great way of becoming popular. It's and getting- ugly Hollywood. It is. It really is. Yeah. Uh, well, right. Roger, Roger Stone says that, right? It's a uh, yeah. government is for ugly people who want to want to be in Hollywood. They just can't. They're not good. Not good looking enough. Yeah. Although uh, it does help to be good looking, charismatic, if as a politician, it doesn't, it doesn't hurt. Doesn't hurt. Yeah. Like it does. Justin Castro. Uh, yeah. Like Nancy Pelosi when she yo Nancy. Pelosi was a bombshell, dude. <laughs> what do you mean was? Like, I mean, come on. <laughs> she was a bombshell. I find it really hard to. Lil, Lil Sandy Cortez. Oh yeah, has parlayed being a CIA influencer into a congressional seat. Into she was just holding a, like a military recruiting rally. <laughs> In the Bronx today, the freaking like super lefty was like, "Yeah, come on down, sign up. You can get a free, uh, free tax the rich or eat the rich shirt if you sign up for World War Three. It'll be awesome." It's just they're usually sixty bucks on my website. It's a steal, it really is. Just get go, yeah, do the thing. But that's where they're that's where they're at right now, though. They're using like the prettier, semi pretty ones. To go recruit a bunch of people that may, you know, look similar to them to go join their fucking death cult. And they're going to go try and send them off to go consolidate a little bit more money and power for some bankers. While anybody who would have any skills or the ability to do any actual fighting or resisting is, you know, feeding the ground in Ukraine or wherever the fucking Eastern Europe. 300,000 Poles. That's what they're saying. They got 300,000 Polish people being like, yeah, let's go kill the Russians. If they run out of Ukrainians, they got next door. They're just lined up, ready to go, ready to go. They said, well, we're willing to fight until the last Ukrainian. And they were like, all right, everybody repeat after me. We are all Ukrainians. Shouldn't there be some sort of like live aid? Where's like the concert to stop war? Like I remember just even like every decade, there would be like a big concert to... Uh, bring all the biggest musicians together to stop war or or to send aid or something like no. that. There's no, been nothing like that lately. We only have Sean Penn. We don't need president. live aid. Yeah. The only one talking Sean. about is Roger Waters. He's the only guy that with any like ancient, like legendary rock star status that, that is out there really putting it on the line. And Eric clapped into a certain degree, although he got dragged into the COVID stuff. But... Uh, Roger Waters is at least saying, "Hey, this is this is ridiculous. What's going on?" Yeah, if I had to put my money on somebody, I would have put it on Roger Waters in the first place. So. Bono is performing concerts in the subway. Oh, he's he's raising money. Oh, okay, yeah, 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 to You're get right. you to convince your kids to go die for right. some coked out um, actor in right. Ukraine. Mm-hmm. Out of your mind? Fuck out of here! No one else is booking I'm you. I'm still though. trying to get the. And I'm still trying to get that fucking album off my phone. So fuck Bono and his little fucking ass. That is true. <laughs> that that song, that album is still on my phone. No way, like, what a virus. It is. It's malware. It came <laughs> it came with the Apple software in like yeah. fucking two thousand and eight or some shit, and it's still oh, fucking there. Since we're on the topic of Bono, nineteen ninety-three, original member, World Economic Forum, young global leader, but of course, we all know that. Just putting it out there. And not to mention... Red like, Shoes. <laughs> really? Bad band. Red like, Shoes. Like, really bad band. 
Like, they never did one. Not one. Didn't do one good song. Not one. Mm, I would disagree, maybe. I would say. Okay. I used to like his songs. Yeah, like, I, I, like, as much as I didn't like U2 growing up, um, they are at least, I think they have some interesting songs. And, like, I don't own anything by U2. But when a YouTube song comes on the radio, I don't instantly turn it off. I wait a little bit. Mm. See, I'm going to side with Jay on this one. Hacks, garbage. I just, I mean, total, total, total BS. It is. Okay. No. Yeah. Well, he's, uh, the guy, I, the John Coyne just said, YouTube's music sucks and Bono is a huge fag, so it makes sense why they let him blow up. Yeah. Like that's that's brutal. Yeah, it's, I, it's John, John Coyne does not pull any punches. He does not. He I does can not. see that. Is, is he uh, a AM? I wonder if if that's <laughs> yeah. Is that yeah, double that's entendre? A name I definitely I recognize from the AM wake up chat. One hundred percent. You got. <laughs> <laughs> I know that. He said the same thing about Steve over there. <laughs> yes, the, all that 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 I mean. That's why I have. Well, you would think that I would have blown up then. Right yeah. by that logic, where yeah. where's my where's my train station in Ukraine gig? Well, it's not everything. I mean, just because. Well, let's get a little personal. What what is so? We obviously know you you don't like you two. Let's get some of uh everybody involved. What are some of the albums and artists that you love? Let's give let's give the listeners something else to listen to. If you want to take a break from you know the end of the world and banking collapse and pedos and all that stuff and you want to just if you want to check out from all of that go listen to the album field songs by william elliott whitmore you do that uh uh my old neighbors are a band called the devil makes three that are a lot of fun Um, i fucking love devil makes three fucking love them there's your old neighbors yeah, yeah, yeah. We they, when they were at the house in Bonnie Dune, that when I first got to Santa Cruz County, I was staying on the next property for I don't know, like eight months or something like that. Before before I got a place of my own, like a big kid. Yeah. So what, I always the- hate this. Uh, I always hate this question because I I can never think of of what I'm listening to or who I love. So you guys, somebody else. Go. I can, I can, I, I've been, I've been listening to a lot of music lately, trying to get inspired to kind of like finish up an EP I'm writing. So I'm like, it's like very inspired by like the '90s kind of stuff. But I will say this, like, uh, so when it comes to like punk rock, my favorite punk rock album of all time is Inflammable Materials by Stiff Little Fingers. It is like a came out in 1978. Uh, it is just some of the best written punk music, and uh, can't recommend it highly enough. Uh, when it comes to like '90s stuff, I would say the album "Purple" by SDP is probably their their best. Uh, when it comes to really angry kind of dirty rock, uh, "Scattered, Smothered, and Covered" by Unsane, you cannot go wrong with that stuff. Um, and uh, as of recently, I've been listening to anything by Allison Chains. I uh, can't go wrong there. And for newer kind of uh, heavier stuff. Uh, I would have to say Surrounded by Thieves by High and Fire. Just some heavy, heavy riffage. Can I also recommend uh, Living uh, in Darkness by Agent Orange for some of that like late 70s, early 80s punk? Reagan Youth, too. Yeah. New York City hardcore. 
if if I had to pick something heavy, I would. Uh, one of my favorite metal bands is the Human Abstract. Um, they went through a singer change, and they had this one singer for one album, and it was Digital Veil. It was so good. I'm still talking to uh, talking about it to this day. They also did an EP. They they did a metal version of Moonlight Sonata, all three movements. It fucking bangs. Um, and, and just because I've been listening to uh, Sam Smith's catalog, Sam Smith has one of the greatest mixed voices I have ever heard. Like, this dude's voice is, it's so hard to nail that, like, transition between your chest voice, your head voice, and that mix in between. Mm, that guy hits a picture perfect. And John Legend, for that matter, John Legend, his whole discography is fucking incredible. That guy is a genius. I just listened to a, uh, a Masterclass, you know, the app Masterclass. He has one on songwriting. And like he has wonderful insights on songwritings. If you want to check out that masterclass, he gets a little political with it. it like, World Economic Forum, young global leader. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, you, you know what? I tell, I, I tell my girlfriend this all the time. She'll say, I'll be like, man, I love that guy. She's like, he's a fucking pedophile. I'm like, you have to separate the artist from uh, the person. <laughs> you do? Because if you do, you wouldn't listen to anything. You wouldn't watch anything. Well, then I'm going to go with soft like, sell then if that's the criteria. <laughs> how many How many are yeah. there, Charlie? How many? Oh, fuckload. Like we're talking the, like 4,000? It's a big spreadsheet. I'll send it to you if you want. Are you going to read the entire thing yeah, on the absolutely. show? Absolutely. 100%. Is that, when, when did you become an expert? I'm teasing. Yeah, John Legend is chilling for You're Pfizer. I just Zoom. read that in the comments. He definitely is. Like I said, you have to separate the artist from the art because that dude does some wonderful art. Um, and to round that one out, I know I mentioned him earlier, but Ezra Bell. Everybody listen to Ezra Bell. That those are some motherfuckers that make wonderful music, and anybody here would like the content. Uh, if you like uh, hip hop, listen to Prof. 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 P R O F. Prof. I like hip hop. Prof. Yeah, I haven't listened to like music in three years. It's fun. It's Yo, not it like is. super political or conspiracy or anything like that. It's just it's fun, and you can tell that he grew up like the uh, fucking section eight, like fuck, you know, just down. And it's fun. It's it's a lot of what, fun. What, what is it with like overly conspiracy theorist themed music just being cheesy as fuck? Like if like I've heard like rap rock, uh, country rock, country rap, like it, and it's like I won't take the shot. Nah, Pfizer, nah, nah. I don't, I don't know. I can't even do it because it's so fucking cheesy. But yeah, like no. overly conspiracy. That like that's what I love about Ezra Bell is he like sprinkles it in his songs. Like it's a one line here. He says something about Epstein's little black book over here. You know what I mean? And he's just kind of like he, he, he. They just put that in there. Most of those people struck out at industry or were trying to like do something in industry. And so that's still the kind of the mode that they're in or what they think production should look like or what they think it should sound like. And it's, they're having an authentic experience, but they can't translate it authentically through the music yet because they still haven't unwound from that sort of brainwashing into the process. And it takes a minute, man. It really does. You gotta like, you gotta pull these guys way out of their element. And then once they get uh, like into, um, I don't know, probably more. Well, everybody's doing it on their own. They're, nobody's making music together is the other problem. And so nobody's having human connection when they're making that music. They're just doing their one three-minute thing for YouTube or Instagram, and that's it. There's no, there's no like blending of it. And I think that's a huge thing that's missing from it, too. Yeah. 
It's it's a lot of it like you got to figure out as an artist how to say something without saying yeah, you know you, I mean definitely. it's just like everyone's like trying to be too heavy handed and and be too literal and uh, it just comes off like you said is uh, very cheesy as a uh, one band I did remember that is contemporary a bit newer um, all them witches I do like those guys and people oh, yeah, are trying to communicate guys, and yeah. write songs now like it's a fucking twitter thread or like they're memes <laughs> and it's just what you know what i mean yeah. like i'm that's eh, not how that shit it's it's not how that shit works dude but i mean there's a four minute fucking woke you know anti-woke rap that's basically just a fucking twitter thread and it's like guy mm-hmm. i uh, yeah well, yeah, I, well, what what is beautiful about the modern era though is is uh, streaming music, Spotify, like all of the genres that died off are back, and they've been back for ten years and hard and the best shit you've ever heard. You know what I'm talking about? Like all that Motown shit. Like um, uh, the, the, I can't think of any fucking bands names right now, but like Motown, jazz, uh, but but bluegrass, uh, country, country western Americana, the indie scene. It's it's come back so good. Like um, jazz guitarists, fusion jazz. Is actually like where it's at so what i love about all the new like motown stuff that's been coming out the past few years is that it's what motown should have sounded like with good production value like good production sound and it's like because like the technology is so cheap you can sound like a fucking million dollar studio just right here in, in your garage is or whatever. there is there ai uh ai music now too yeah. i i i spent uh, uh yeah an hour with chat gpt for yesterday and i caught three mistakes and i corrected chat gpt and it apologized but it's sorry the change subject it's configured in a woke way but so there's there's ai music now well there is there are tools that make it very easy like they have boxes and shit like that where you could just like you pick a key and then you put like a structured melody it creates the chord progression for you you put like three buttons and you got a drum sample and then you got a song i actually have this app for songwriting so what what i like i like using these tools as aids i mean i don't use like the boxes that just make the whole fucking song for you but they're there uh there was always that criticism about autotune but you know this is way beyond autotune um but i have this app for songwriting where it, it helps you what i love about it is that you're not sitting there for an hour going all right what's that chord substitution can i put the sixth in there mm. and then like you figure out 45 minutes later it's like oh fuck that sixth chord doesn't work there you can plug it into this app and it plays it back to you and like you know like a rough kind of piano sound with a little bit of a drum beat and you're like mm, yeah okay the sixth could work there but you know what if i sub it out and just go with e minor you know what i mean and it's like it, it's there are there's like you shouldn't shy away from technology. I hate people that are like the music purists, and they're like, "Yeah, man, I, I don't ever, I won't ever use a fucking electric amp. Fuck that, whatever." Um, but like, there, there are tools that make it that 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 save you so much time. You know, it's. I mean, you don't want to find out a month from now that that sixth chord doesn't work there. You know, um, so there, there, but yeah, there, there is fucking shit out there. Like, there are just like plugins you can put into your DAW um, that just write the fucking song for you. And there is AI generated music right now. There's a couple services out there. You like type in the genre that you want, and it's it's okay. It's it's getting better. But I, I use stuff like I use like an analyzer. So I, I downloaded Jerry Cantrell from Allison Changes, uh, like uh, isolated guitar. I got his uh, EQ curve, and then I can apply the EQ curves to my guitar. So it doesn't sound like Alvin Chains, but it's in the ballpark. 
and you can just learn. You can learn a lot by mixing and doing that kind of stuff. Um, and I know guys that refuse to like plug in and play into a computer because it's not like a real tube amp, and they're like they're purist about that. But I, I guarantee, if I play my simulated like guitar sounds and things that I captured versus theirs, they will not be able to tell the difference between their amp and what I created in the computer. It's, it's come that far, and it's that good. And ultimately, it comes down to how good are your songs that you're writing. And uh, a lot of stuff that sounds the same uh, right now uh, because it's, everything sounds too clean. Everything is too on beat. It's too on the grid. And I, I think people are, are striving for something a little bit more messy and uh, just a little bit more rough around the edges. And, but I don't know how you, you create that without being a little shitty. No, I yeah, always say use use the tools use the tools for writing, but record it raw. Yeah. Speaking, speaking of writing, like I I I firmly believe the article. I don't know if you came across it that we didn't do enough. The the article gaslighting us anti vaxxers that that was written. There was no byline, and there were a lot of repeating sentences. That it came across to me is like an AI wrote that. That's that's it was shitty. Hundred percent, hundred percent. No, no human being could yeah. could write that horseshit with a straight yeah, face. So I, I went through that website and I read a bunch of their articles. So it's mostly like entertainment, health, beauty kind of based, and it really does seem like it's all AI generated. I think it was just keyword stuffing. And it I was, had never heard yeah, of that I, site I think it was, before. Yeah, me neither. And uh, but I went through it, and it's like. It's it's uh, a millennial type uh, views. It really does. No, I think you read it. I think it is AI generated. Yeah, Let's I've, wrap this baby up. I've been up. told to use yeah. AI to help me with my writing, and I'm like, uh, no thanks. Plus, if the if the AI Chat GPT is woke, like I asked it about Charles Lieber, and it it's it's said um, Charles Lieber was he. They brought up the the spy um charges i'm like actually that's wrong and it corrected it itself and then i asked does the do the jabs have nanotech anyway so it's programmed to lie it's inherently programmed to lie so why would you use a lying computer i use it for work because i know when it's lying and i just correct the syntax mistakes so i used it to uh help expedite my code at work and it's yeah. like it's like i have 10 interns but you know, I, I can correct them. And As a web developer, because I, I know Zach is like all over using ChatGPT to, to help code. Is that what you're using? Uh, it well, for? I, I, well, yeah, I, I'm, I work on uh, cybersecurity, so I'm using it to uh, fight uh, cybersecurity baddies. And so I, I use it to basically write syntax or code. And I know uh, enough about the code to know when it's messing up, but it it's like 80, 90% correct for what I need. And then I got to tweak it uh, to kind of uh, put it into what I'm doing. And it, uh, it it's helped me out uh, a good deal uh, just because it, it it's really good at answer, answering particular questions I have about a certain system. Like if I'm working on a particular operating system, uh, I can tell it to write me code for that particular operating system and things you might find online, it might not be for that particular OS. So it's good for that, and I'm able to tweak it to uh, really help speed things along for myself. So in that way, it's an, it really aids me. 
but I just typed into chat GPT, hey, write me lyrics in the style of Kurt Cobain mixed with Chris Cornell, and it spit something out. Now, I don't know if it's any good. Uh, I, doubt, I doubt I'll use any of it, but it can create some lyrics for somebody if, if you're completely devoid of all inspiration. So that's nice, I guess. Perfect. Just what we need. <laughs> More soulless music. <laughs> Uh, let's wrap this. His song is the letter A. <laughs> let's wrap this baby up. How about uh, we start with uh, let's start with Steve, man. You did a um, you had Midnight Mike on talking about uh, raccoon dogs, and I was down for that conversation hundred percent. I was in the chat. Um, that was so much fun. It was so fun. much fun. And where we'll can people find you? We will. Um, so, uh, check out the show, uh, AM wake up on Rockfin and rumble, uh, the slow news day and blunt force wisdom on the slow news day, Rockfin channel. We're getting it out on a whole bunch of platforms here very soon. All of the social media is that slow news day show. It, it is the best damn morning show on the interwebs. That we is true. Fantastic conversations that are frequently hilarious and, uh, a lot of wonderful guests uh, and uh yeah let's uh jay you should come on sometime too bro um it's a lot of fun you should be there for it 7 a.m to 10 a.m pacific monday through friday uh, and then uh the other shows are sunday and tuesday you go check those out as they come out Thank jay where can people find you yeah, it's, it's slow news day and, and, and AM wake up are fucking fantastic. There's just period, end of story. No debate. Get that, incorporate that into your media diet, if you will. It won't give you constipation, I promise you. Jay, yeah, working. Uh, I would. Uh, I- I, I would love to uh, come on AM Wake Up, and I, I got every other Friday off, uh, starting this Friday. And uh, so, if you ever got an open spot, definitely let me know. How to kill a dot com anywhere uh, you know podcasts and shits you can find them. Um, thanks a lot, guys, for having me on the show again. I haven't been here in a couple of years, and you guys are all beautiful people. And um, this is fun, man. And this is actually the first time. Like I said, that uh, I was yeah, fucking Charlie. And, uh, this is the first time I was able to um, actually use the studio. I, I I went through hell and high water to make sure that I could get the internet running in here within a half hour of coming home, and I fucking made it happen. Love you guys. We're glad to have you, Miriam. How's Costa Rica? Where can people find your work? They got to support you. Goddamn these 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 this rent isn't going to pay itself. Well, I do actually need help. Um, because I, I had someone come into my company, arguably embezzle thirty thousand dollars from a government loan, and so. Um, and anyway, I I would love help. People can buzz on over to MiriamHenane.com, M-A-R-Y-A-M-H-E-N-E-I-N.com. I've literally only been here two weeks. I just want to tell the audience that I, I had the pleasure to meet Charlie at Anarchapulco. I had such a amazing time in Bonfil and uh, got to hug Charlie and, and meet him in person. Um, so I am working now to finish my book. I'm going to be doing another round of um, press or publicity for the George Floyd film. And by the way, Derek just got sentenced to tax evasion last week. Um, for the real story, which has to do with money laundering and the Mexican cartel. And uh, I'm just super grateful. Check out com. One more thing. I just published an ebook on understanding the mechanisms of the mRNA gene therapy. If 
it's a, it's a big book. So check it out. Thank you for having me. Thank you, Ricky. We might have had a. I mean, I might have had a couple beers at Max Egan's bar till three o'clock. <laughs> Maybe in the morning. I didn't. <gasps> Maybe a couple of spliffs, but yeah. I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the thing about Mexico. So great, you can do whatever the fuck you want within reason. You know, right? Don't mess with the cartels. Other than that, you're good. Uh, the Grimerica guys were here. Yeah. So uh, Grimerica.ca, they're putting out fantastic work. Adult Brain, I think .ca, I believe. Uh, if you want to get yourself some audiobooks, these guys have found a really brilliant niche where they take books that are sort of out of copyright or whatever and they make audiobooks for them so go to over to adult brain if you're if you're somebody that's more of an auditory learner than you are a visual book reader you can find their books and um and and listen and also at the same time support some fantastic dudes over there graham and and darren we love them very much ricky what are you working on who's on the show who's coming up uh i just who did i just have on i had a jennifer sharp on which uh i just uploaded this show just before we went live today you know who she is steve and uh she she did uh the only youtube documentary that shines a negative light on the covid vaccine thanks to a twenty thousand dollar attorney fee she uh kept her documentary on youtube so it's the only documentary on youtube you can send to your friends that shows you the other perspective of the vaccine and she's she it's not that she didn't get caught they took it off um she spent tons of money on uh, as steve knows on attorney fees to make sure they went through everything and everything was right and reference and all that stuff so they after getting a letter and some pushback from her attorney when they initially removed it they put it back so now it's staying. It's not going to disappear. So uh, it's called Antidotals. You can look up Jennifer Sharp documentary or Jennifer Sharp Antidotals on YouTube. You can find it. It's a great way of getting people maybe into the topic because it's on YouTube. So naturally, they're going to assume it's more legit for some stupid reason um, because they think things on YouTube are. Uh, and uh, so that I have... Um, I just did. Uh, I have a podcast with David Whitehead that I need to release. I'm I'm behind with everything. And then uh, I did a pod. Who the hell did I do a podcast with today? Oh, uh, Andrew Gold. Who he's been on the Tim Pool podcast. He's been on a couple other uh, shows, but he's kind of like Louis Thoreau. He's from the UK. Does a lot. Of oh, I've met him with Sean Atwood before. Yeah, he 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 actually. Uh, we we talked about you today. Uh, oh really? And, oh god. Mm, mm. We we're talking uh, mutual friends and trouble. Mentioned that he knew he knew Charlie too. <laughs> Yeah, he talked about meeting you at the brothel. But um, <laughs> mm, mm. I listen. I paid him well. I don't know what he's complaining about. And uh, yeah, and then I'm trying to think who else I got. Um, at, I guess I might as well. Hopefully, I don't jinx myself. But uh, Jim Brewer's coming on. Oh, yeah. Also, uh, tell Jim Brewer to listen to my intro. He's in there like three different times. He's the I'm. I am. This is Muammar Gaddafi, and he's the guy that says I've sent six of my Libyan missiles to blow up the Sears Hardware Department. That's Jim Brewer. Thank you very much. Love him. I'm gonna talk to him also about the Mug Club because he's he's joining. Yeah, yeah, him he's starting uh, that. I was gonna ask Sam about it, but Sam's not on because him and obviously Brian are very close. Uh, but Brian Callen's joining him. Uh, Nick DiPaolo. So uh, where are the girl? Where are some ladies? It's all dudes. That is, I saw the intro for that, like, and that is the most chicks, brought man. to you by him's lineup I have ever seen in my entire life. 
I know. I mean, no shade, no shade, no shade. No, no. Just- it's I, and listen. If it worked, I'd have it. I mean, if I if it worked for me, I'd have it. Perfectpodcast <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, If we're talking about music, check out if you hip hop. Uh, Vinny Vinny Paz, right? And uh, Low Key from the UK um, is another one. I've I've been listening to Low Key forever. Uh, UK, I like Low Key. Yeah, and then if you if you want um, some Rage Against the Machine uh, type of music, but they're not vaginas, uh, one minute silence. I used to listen to them a lot. They're I always I actually interviewed um, the singer Barry uh, back in the day. Very interesting guy because he I, I didn't even know that he had Aspergers and and he he was just like I mean he's so poetic with the way he talks and his his research or whatever. But um, I, I call him the Irish One Minute Silence, or called or the uh, Irish Rage Against the Machine. The band's called One Minute Silence. Check them out. Uh, Fear Factory. Obviously, I grew up listening to Fear Factory and had Burton C. Bell on the show because I'm just gonna piss off Jay and just reference people that have been on the show. And um, <laughs> I love it. But uh, yeah, the Ripple. I just like giving shit. I'm from Massachusetts. I give shit. That is oh oh that's what I wanted to talk about but just before not talk about because I don't want to scare everybody thinking that I'm going to talk for 20 minutes but uh, oh the, <laughs> I want before before we got off the air we have to talk to Sam because he has a lot of experience in this because he's constantly booking stuff we have to do a live union of the unwanted somewhere at least one because I get oh. talk about getting come him. to my house come to Vegas come to Vegas we got to do it in Vegas we're going to Vegas best option come on. We're going. To, we're going to Vegas. Yeah, that Vegas is the best Vegas. option. We should do. I got married in Vegas. I lived in Vegas for ten years. I we, we can we can make it work, man. So I know we gotta that. hop. We gotta hop on it now, or we gotta wait till like November. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's. let's I would love to meet. Uh, all these regulars, you know, in person, we could throw out the invite to a bunch of people that I've been regulars on the show for a long time, and it would be just great to hang out. I think yeah. we, we can go out into the desert and shoot. We could have all kinds of fun just as a family. Yeah, I would absolutely love because I, I think it was uh, <laughs> we talked about writing music together and uh, you know that disconnect. I mean, obviously, there's a lot of benefits of, of being able to talk to each other when we're not in person because obviously we get to communicate much more than uh we we you know would if we didn't have this but i would i'd still there's something missing when you don't meet people in person and i would love to just meet all these human beings these amazing people and people that i i mean i consider all you guys friends uh you know i really yeah. do and uh, i probably talk to you guys as much as i talk to my real friends so it's uh you know similar connection yeah, ricky you're you're way too close for us not to have met in person. I've been hanging out with Mark Steves and with Andy Rouse, man. You're way too close. Yeah. yeah I, I, We're going to hang out with Matt Terillion. Uh, where's he out of? Uh, he's like 30 minutes south of me, and you're you're probably only a, an hour south. So he's right in the middle of the both of us, I think. Yeah, I got, I got, that's how, uh, yeah, though, though, I got close to uh, Richard uh, Grove because of that. The first time he was on, he said he was moving to Hartford, and I'm like, Hartford? I'm like, that's like 30 minutes away from me. So we ended up hanging out and becoming friends, and uh, and it was awesome, you know, to meet people and, and meet their families and all that stuff. Uh, I mean, if we're going to Vegas, we're probably not bringing our families. Let's be honest. I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> no. no. <laughs> you're, going, you're getting divorced. Kids are staying home. Um Daddy's yeah. got some gambling. Okay, I'm done talking. Do. Let's 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 get on Sam and let's see if we can make Sa- some. Speaking of Sam, samtriplee.com, uh, you can go to, you know, you can follow all of his shows, Tinfoil Hat, 
um, Cash Daddies, you know, you know the game. He's got he's got eight of them, I think, including this one. Uh, we appreciate Sam. How about Midnight Mike? How's uh, OBDM doing? OBDMPod.com, back from vacation. And I still think the reason why that raccoon dog, uh, raccoon dog story happened is because they want to give COVID shots to your dogs. They got a bunch of surplus, so. Okay, I'm yeah, with that. I think it's what's going to happen. So, yeah. I'll uh, buy that. We'll be back on uh, Wednesday uh, live, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and then Saturdays at noon. So, yeah, back at it. Same old if, crap. If you aren't listening to OBDM, you have to have your head examined. It is way too much fun. You're going to learn something. You're going to learn some things you don't want to learn, That's but you're right. going to learn them as well. And you may have, um, you're going to learn about fast food. Yeah, it's just a fun time over there. It's we, a fun we, time. We it's have, a great time. It's like to have a lot of fun. Um, I, I absolutely, it's my favorite podcast. Uh, Macroaggressions, I've got a guy named Tag coming on on Sunday. He's a homesteader guy. He'll tell you exactly how to do it. He'll tell you exactly how much it costs. He'll tell you, he, he talked about every single thing there is to know about homesteading. It was very informative. That'll be out on Sunday. The following Sunday, I've got Simon Essler. He's the director of a movie called Cut. He's a Canadian guy who wrote, who wrote and directed this movie about the medical transition industry for young girls. It is unbelievable, the things that he told me about that industry and how they're moving to normalize that. It's uh, it's diabolical what they're doing. Macroaggressions goes out Wednesdays and Sundays. Check it out. Oh, and I guess I'll make this announcement starting April 1st. Saturday mornings, tntradio.live. I will have my own radio show. I'll be having you guys all on to come in and chit chat with the, with the listeners. It's Australia based, but it goes out everywhere. It's internet radio goes out everywhere. So it'll be uh, a a fun hang Saturday mornings, uh, wherever you are. Thanks to everybody that listens. If you want to subscribe to the show, share it with your friends and family. It's a free show. You get what you pay for. We don't want to hear any complaining. But uh, you can support the show with uh, buying merchandise or sharing it with everybody that you know. Thanks, everybody. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Until next time. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.